And here we are again, ladies and gentlemen. Riot Fest series with the boys at Not Exactly Radio here. It's me, your host, Benny K, and... Tony, just Tony. Tony, just Tony. And of course, we might as well just put you a part of the show, honestly. Like, just come and go whenever you please. Yeah, Mr. So Kevin Gesme in the studio again with us. Yeah, it's hard getting that flight back to Antarctica. They've yeah. Got, <laughs> they've got snow problems down there, and then halfway <laughs> there, the Amazon's on fire, so you know. And what if we told you that we could probably hook you up with, like... Nah, I, we can't do any of that. We have no money. <laughs> we can't do any of that. No, let's say we're back again. Another Riot Fest series uh, here. One week away from Riot Fest. And by one week, I mean less than a week, really. Because, I mean, at this point... Six days. Right. Six, it's going to be amazing. Um, well, this is a reminder also, we will not have an episode next week because uh, we'll be too busy at Riot Fest. And uh, I don't want to fucking poop out an episode just to poop out an episode. <laughs> so... Here we are again. We're gonna do this. Uh, we're gonna do three, two, one style. We've taken two live albums that are happening at Riot Fest. We're starting with the album. Well, not starting with. We're going with the albums. Glass Jaw, uh, Glass Jaw's album. Uh, Worship and tribute. Worship and tribute. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Avel's uh, Avel's album, Over the James, which is pretty cool. Both fantastic albums. We will get into it. Three, two, one consists of three interesting tidbits about each album. Two songs that you think really make the album work, and then one, there can only be one album. Even though they like, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Anyways. So first of all, how you guys doing? Everyone's good? Mm-hmm. I'm with Kevin. Yeah. Tony, everyone's good? Mm-hmm. I'm awake. You're awake? Tony, you're awake? Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, it's like the last time we recorded uh, live here, because we're in the studio, not remote this time, mm-hmm. uh, Tony and I were drunk. Mm-hmm. And now Kevin well, hung over. Sorry, hung over. And now Kevin <laughs> is feeling it. I'm, I'm, I'm cresting. Oh, we're, we're back. We're, we're inches away from sober. Oh, how the tables have turned, Kevin. <laughs> Looks like how the shoe is on the other uh... <laughs> uh, foot, as they say. Yes, yes. All right. So two amazing albums that I thought were pretty, that were going to be pretty cool to hear at Riot Fest. Um, we were just talking about how Selector and other live albums can be played while Avail is playing, and I'm mad about that because I want to see both of them. But anyways, all right, let's get into it. Let's get the skinny on both of these albums. Tony, would you like to start? Uh, let's see. Avails Over the James, released in 1998. It was the fourth studio album by Avail at the time. Um, my problem with, uh, if you try to read descriptions of this, it's like, punk's one of those genres where they have so many gen- subgenres that would probably just say fuck it and it's a punk album. But also, if you want to get specific, it's probably like some sort of melodic hardcore. It's not like... It, it, it's searching for melodies. It's making you try to sing the choruses every single time. Um, other contemporaries, uh, another great example, it's like H2O. If you like H2O, if you like the hardcore band H2O, you'll like this. Um, also album playing it was re-released in 2006. Um, they did get a healthy revival during that Warped Tour explosion. Hmm. Um, during that whole time, that whole emo, punk, and explosion. Um, so it helped revive some of these bands that were just, you know kicking it around in the early 2000s late 90s and so um it's good i just it's it's interesting that this is the one that got the big revival bump because it's yeah. not much different than their other ones it really isn't i really <laughs> thought i really thought the album the one with simple song would have been the one that they would the have front done. porch stories yeah i didn't know i didn't yeah. know what the hell it was called 
Um, but yeah, so fast, repetitive, sing-along choruses nearly every track over the James's uh, 32 minutes. Not true. It's actually clocks in at 40. Uh, but that's, that's the deluxe version. I would yes. say the deluxe, the one on Spotify has covers and shit. So I wonder. Uh, three of them, and they're some of my favorites. <laughs> I know, I know. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. I'm sure they'll play the 32-minute version. Um, but yeah, that's over the sad. James, 32 minutes of rapid beat and some melodies that you can sing along to the whole way. Now, on the other side of the coin, you have Worship and Tribute, which was released July 9th, 2002, by Warner Brothers. Um, so, I found that interesting. They're already major label act. Um, wow. Um, <laughs> but they were already a major label act. Even their first album was with Roadrunner, which Roadrunner is like the major label act for metal bands. Um, and so... Uh, I mean, it was just, it, it was interesting that they already hit it big, apparently. Um, it's funny, because they released Worship and Tribute in 2002. What were we doing in 2002? I was listening my pants in 8th grade. And listening to yeah. Blink-182. So, oh, yeah, we were talking about that last so, week. So, <laughs> like, the whole thing is, is, like, yeah, they were already on the map um, before, way before I was listening to this. So, um, this album, Worship and Tribute, actually even charted at 82. Um, so... Um, so while Over the James is looked at as a cult hardcore classic, Last Jordan's effort here is considered one of the best post-hardcore releases of all time. Um, like, it, it, it hits those lists for those kind of uh, aggressive punk music. Uh, it, it tends to be there. Yeah. Um, vocalist Daryl Palumbo. I love that last name. Palumbo. 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 And just one more thought here. <laughs> uh, on the title of the record. You're only a sum of all your influences, and that's what we are. All these notifications have not been silenced. Uh, he did not say that. <laughs> Starting over, he did say, you are only a sum of all your influences, and that's what we are. I think that we're original, and I think that's what we're doing is different, and that's something I know, always know we had on our side. But no matter how original you are, you're still just a sum of your influences. Completely correct. Mm -hmm, yeah. I mean, because honestly, like, especially something like music you have to build off of what's already there. Right. <laughs> so it makes sense. So with crusty riffs, spastic beats, and versatile vocals, I wrote that all on my own. Thank you very Ooh. much. Tony the writer here. <laughs> the band utilizes the whole 45 minutes of the record to constantly mix it up between the brutal and the melodic. Again, my own writing. This is post-hardcore at its best, starting standing peer-to-peer -peer with other stalwarts like at the drive-in and with Houston. Okay, wow. First of all, getting a little... Uh... <laughs> Braggadocious there, don't you? No, seriously, that was a really good description and the way you you kind of nailed it there. I was actually shocked to see it chart as high as it did. One because, one, because of the style of music it is, yeah. but also for how heavy the things of 9 11 mm -hmm. are being like that close to 9 11. Right. It's like people really weren't interested in listening to something that was critical of the United States yet at we, that point. We gotta think like. This might have been written, maybe like one or two songs were written post 9-11, but like, for the release date on this one, it was probably written well before that, they just had to record it and make sure it was all good. Um, no. No? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Fuck me. Fuck me. Well, that's what you get for, you know, I have research on my side. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. 9-11 was in mind. Damn. <laughs> they had 9-11. I never even, I never even, okay, I seriously, when I was listening to this album and saw that it was from 2002, I didn't even put two and two together. <laughs> this whole thing. Holy shit. Wow, that just puts another perspective. Two and two it. makes nine eleven. Two and two. 
Makes 9-11. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> N-E-R. Uh, I don't know why. Anyways, they shat their pants in the middle of my amazing speech. Oh, uh, no. It, it was just, I was reading what it I was wrote. Good. But uh, Antonio <laughs> Brown got released. Yes, we just got the news. <laughs> this has like, been a roller coaster for my <laughs> s- stupid fantasy team, too. Because <laughs> you've drafted him. Ah, so good. Well, don't worry, he's going to end up on the Not going to play. He's, oh, man. All right, I'll play no. MVS. Okay, he is going to play. Guess he's my flex this week. Not going to play. Not going to play. Released. Released. Well, because he released that video. Did you see the video? The, it was the video was so good. What? Where he wired, he wired Tap Gruden. Yes. <laughs> he broke he laws said, okay. to post content. I didn't see. I only saw the Instagram thing. Was there more? It's a two-minute video. Okay, I didn't basic, see the rest of it. Basically, Gruden's going can you come to work, guy? And he's like, I'm more than a football player. I'm a man. Like, I've I seen, I seen you play football, you know. Can you just come play football? It's You're just, one of my favorite football players. It's, just come play football. It's he's just, like, I'm more than a football player, It's coach. just a boss begging for his employee to oh, come man. to work. I gotta, oh, that's why, okay. I have to read that more, because it was like, I saw the like the 10-second Instagram thing where it's, it's like. It's very well done. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's like a Nike hype video. I was going to say, like the it looked really good. But, Jesus, it's just a boss asking for his employee <laughs> to come to work. <laughs> Antonio Brown. Seriously, okay, I mentioned this yesterday, right before we went to Mondalucha. Mondalucha, fantastic. Mondalucha was fantastic, that the holy trinity of NER is music, <laughs> wrestling, and sports. <laughs> there you go. So... So shit, if you want to get on board, join the hype, join the cult. I don't know, whatever you want to call us. <laughs> join it now. All right, let's get to it. Three, two, one. Three things that are interesting from each album, or each a little tidbit from each band. So each one of us is going to give a tidbit about Kevin's each funny. band. Okay. Kevin, you may start. Uh, so for Avails, Over the James, uh, I would describe it as if Off With Their Heads and The Hold Steady had a baby, and then that baby traveled and grew up, or time traveled and grew up in Richmond. Uh, while the lyrics aren't as chock full of references like a whole steady song would be about the Twin Cities, um, each of the track titles references either a place in Richmond or some aspect of living there. Now, do you know that from experience? Did that help? Yes. Your knowledge of Virginia? Uh, Fun fact about me, parents moved down there about 10 years ago, so... That was 10 they, years ago? God damn, I'm right? old. Time, time, <laughs> time is a flat circle. My God. Uh, I thought that was just like two years ago. Right? It, it definitely feels like it was yesterday. I would have I put it at like five. <laughs> but they uh, they live like 20 minutes away from Richmond. Uh, I thought I lived I'd in Green in, Bay when your parents did that. That was uh, four years ago. <laughs> anyway, so I continue. Yeah, let's hear at least let's hear these Virginian uh, references. So the song Nickel Bridge, uh, since then being renamed the Boulevard Toll Bridge, uh, is a bridge that actually goes over the James River, the titular over the James from go. the thing. Uh, it's wah, a very wah. very skinny uh, bridge that you can barely fit two cars going across. Like the speed limit on this bridge is like 15 miles an hour. Oh. Uh, Lombardi Street, um, I would compare it to like North Avenue uh, now, as it was like back in the day. Uh, in 20, 20 years uh, has changed it a little bit from when the song was written. Uh, Scuffletown is a reference to Scuffletown Park, which is a small park off of Monument Avenue in Richmond. 
Uh, apparently a Revolutionary War battle took place around that area. It's kind of uh, crazy. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And uh, notably, the thing about Monument Avenue, it's a stretch of road that has a bunch of statues to people who Richmonders feel oh, helped no. shape the city. Oh uh, no! They're all assholes, believe it or not. <laughs> Such as uh, assholes. <laughs> uh, Jeb Stewart, Robert E. Lee, oh. Jefferson Davis, Stonewall uh, Jackson, uh, Matthew Fontaine Maury. Oh no! These are all. Is that from the Maury show? No, uh, he he was a <laughs> oceanographer <laughs> who was like basically the lead of the Confederate Navy. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Why do the Confederates oh. have a navy? You're in the same fucking um. land. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Because <laughs> there's coasts. They did. Yeah, I guess. Guys, let's swim up to New York. <laughs> Instead of uh, and then at the very end of Monument Avenue is a statue to Arthur Ashe, who is a <laughs> badass tennis player. Okay, uh, so lighten the mood. I thought this was still the list of assholes, and then you're like Arthur Ashe. Arthur right. Ashe, you know, uh, one of the best black tennis players ever. Uh, if you watch the U.S. Open, it's played in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Like, okay. that's how good of a tennis player this Damn. man I was. I mean, oh, wow. They really, I mean, see, it's <laughs> now, ba it, it's now <laughs> balanced because <laughs> one tennis player is next to all the slave lovers. <laughs> that's it. Cancel it out. One tennis player. <laughs> in Virginia's mind, slavery and tennis. <laughs> <laughs> fucking tennis just fucking just kills it. I'm such a Midwesterner, too, because in, like, my mind, the East Coast is just a straight line non-South. Like, Virginia, I know, is... Virginia, uh, as the joke not joke goes, uh, it's too far South to be the North, and it's too far North to be the South. And Richmond so is, like, the epicenter of that. Like, it's very much the contradiction of itself. So is it, like... I, I don't know where to go with this question. <laughs> Never mind. Forget it. Alright. Do you want They're like slightly right? worse versions of the Wisconsinites that love to wear stars and bars and shit. Like they aren't in the most <laughs> northern fucking state. <laughs> They're so kinda like that energy. God, it's <laughs> definitely that energy. But also like you're not finding anything like deep south Alabama there. Like yeah. it's it's never getting that wild. What's like good? Got a, yeah. I bet you if we uh talked about it enough there's probably enough parallels to Milwaukee and Richmond, huh? You could definitely, like, we don't have anywhere near the historical relevance that Richmond does, but... But we have you can, tons you of racism. Can, like, population can, and yeah. how things are laid out. God. That's interesting. They have a lot more universities there, though. They've got, like, four different universities in Richmond. Oh, I think they get to play off that uh, original 13. Mm. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> original 13. <laughs> All, right. All right. I'm going to go with my little tidbit about the veil. Uh, I once went to an Against Me show. And there was an opener there, and his name was Tim Barry. Had no idea who he was, but he was amazing. For one man on the stage, uh, played the shit out of a set, great stage presence, great storytelling, and like at the end, <laughs> I never once made the connection that he was the lead singer of a bail. <laughs> and at the end of the show, I'm just like, wow, how, do people know about this guy? Like, this guy is great. Mm -hmm. And like, I really hope he gets discovered. Like, that would be absolutely amazing. And then, a couple years later, I realized his picture was in the picture of a veil, and I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck me. My god. I actually, uh, I do remember you going to that show and raving about that guy. That was really good. He was I, really fucking good. I followed him on Twitter before I even knew who he was. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's 
good stuff. But that's my my tidbit about Avail. Also, the album as a whole, I really do love it. Like you got you guys kind of. I mean, you said it with a skinny. You said it in your tidbit. Like it's all good stuff. It's like a, a connection. At the same time, uh, for this album, I found it kind of like uh, I got a tidbit. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll, I'll go. I'll do it. This is the part of my tidbit, Tony. Oh, is this still? No, yes. this sounds like analysis. No, Anyways, continue. Na- well, I mean, this part, isn't that a part of it? I don't know. Anyways, my analysis of this album tidbit thing is that it was more like an opportunity to walk away from weird situations and, like, able to hold yourself and, uh, like, trying to, you know, kind of like saying you don't need to live that life. You don't need to You don't even have that negative energy in your life. You can walk away from it. And that's what I felt like this album kind of ah. gave me. That came, came. So this this listen or your first listen? I guess uh, as I listen more. So preparing for this? Yes. Yes. I feel I know you more. Yes. Thank you. That is why we do this. Yes. All right. Um, also, the covers are great. Anyways. Uh, da, 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 da. The only thing I remember is Mitch Clem, who did those punk rock comic strips that mm. you and I used to always write. Um, he did a funny one because Avail covered a Sublime song. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I, I was trying to remember if that was the comic that I was remembering. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to go look it up. And he went and yelled at his Avail <laughs> records, like he had a crate of them and just no. yeah, bad Avail <laughs> yelling because they covered a Sublime song. And I agree. That's 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 awful. Don't do that. Oh, it's nothing worse than Sublime with Rome is doing though. Uh. Imagine your lead singer dying and on his deathbed says, please don't continue the band without me. And they, and they do by going with Rome. See, it doesn't count. Because the lead singer is, not, is with Rome. It's a different band, you see. Ah. It's such a douchebag thing. Imagine that. That is very... I didn't know. I, I thought it was just some dude named Rome. What the fuck is this guy? Yeah, but no. It's because the lead singer on his, death, his dying wish was don't keep playing our music without me. Wow. It's <laughs> a big piece of shit, but they're going to be in Milwaukee soon. <laughs> yeah, throw things at them. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> wow, what a tool, man. Yeah. Fucking tool. It's as if a bunch of drug addicts aren't uh, always reliable. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of like when we were talking about Pantera and then like how they all fought and then all of a sudden yeah. that one guy yeah. just like took now, everything. Now that Phil Anselm was the last man standing, yeah. he just takes it all back. Like, now they're all dead. Yeah. Can't be mad at me when you're dead. <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? You gonna fight? You gonna fight? You're dead. Sorry. Uh, so yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Turns out musicians are just like other people. Pieces of shit. Pieces of garbage. <laughs> but anyways, was that your tidbit? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you want to start us off with um, a tidbit of glass jaw? Oh or yeah. Do we want to do two songs first. Yeah. Let's. Uh, two songs and then back to the tidbits. Is that how we did it? No. Yeah. No. Ah, let's talk we, did, we did tidbits and then we did two. Right, like, right, three, two right, it's right. called three, two, one. Yeah, let's talk right. glass jaw. Glass jaw. Um, Jesus Christ, Kevin! Isn't that the that's whose not, show is this? That's not the name of the first guy on uh, Punch Out, right? Oh, yes. Is it Glass Jaw Joe that's, or whatever? Yeah. All right. Anyways, tidbits. Who's going first? You are. Titty bits? Alright. Um, <laughs> titty bits, alright, let's go. Alright, um, so I don't, this is actually the, I finally, because uh, our buddy, uh, friend of the show, Corey. Corey? Nort. 
Oh, you mean from Shine Side Down? Yeah. yeah. Um, he was really excited we were going to do this one because he loves it. And I said to him, because I don't think you checked it out yet. No. And I didn't yet, yet either. And he was right. This was really cool. Um, it, 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 I don't know why I didn't get to it because it reminds me a lot of that really cool post-hardcore shit that I was into. Like, again, I have to drive in, refused that type of you don't hmm. know what's coming next. Like, there is mix of, um, you know, chaotic energy, and then there's also a lot of melodies. So it, it, it hits you with a lot of different looks. It's really cool in that way. You don't know what's coming next. Um, the other thing I got is uh, the it got, it got nominated for Grammy, a really lesser Grammy that apparently exists oh. about album packaging. Okay, hell yeah, do it. <laughs> um, because as you can see, like on digital versions, there's like a record arm. It looks like a DJ's, you know, turnstile that mm-hmm. the record is playing on. If you would buy the CD version, the front was clear glass, so it just looked like that. And then when you lifted it off, it was like a turntable setup underneath it. So that's it pretty cool. Just, wild. So it just looked like. Yeah, it was on a record player. That's so cool. everybody really liked that, and apparently a, there's a lesser-known Grammy known as album packaging. I wouldn't be surprised if that's gone again. Cause, uh, it still exists. Uh, one of the bands we've covered here before, uh, the Funny Lips, was nominated for oh, okay. oh. album packaging. They do a whole bunch of what was weird that, shit. What was that around <laughs> the same time as this one, though? Like, that's 2002, not, not, that one album that we talked about. was. It wasn't one. for Yoshimi. Uh, oh, okay. It was for one of their stunts they did. They put a USB flash drive inside of a gummy skull. Oh. So, <laughs> that All was... Right. Hell yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was kind of a cool detail as how um, it got a lot of attention from even the granny that it had a cool uh, setup. So that's what I got. Kevin. Uh, so this one took me quite a few listens to get into. How I normally tackle an album is uh, in my car as drive time listening music. It's just me, the road, and the music. And this one, like, I just I couldn't get into it. Oh, I could. Well, that's fine. Uh, Don't be ashamed. And then just yesterday I sat down with it to, like, try one more time as like reading music and then I had to put the book down because like it was actually like hooking me in uh, hopped on to Genius Lyrics shout out to my favorite music website hey that, that helps us out a lot secret sponsor of NER <laughs> uh, because it it opens up the album just a whole lot uh, to them talking about this being a some of their parts for their influences, you just get to see each part that's like specifically where it's all coming from. That's my little Oh, okay. That's a very interesting way of looking at it because like for me, it's still taken me a while to get into the album. I'm not saying I haven't gotten to the album. I really do like this album a lot. In fact, like going over it, we'll talk about the the only be one, the only to be one. (laughs) But, uh, I didn't even look at the lyrics because I was still trying to get over, like not get over, but I mean like, I don't want to say it's like math, mathematics, <laughs> rock and roll, if you will, but like I felt like a whole bunch of different influences such as like Coheed and Cambria, I also got, who else was there, Protest the Hero was in there, and a slight little uh, Ludo, if you don't know what, which band that is, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they were kind of in there too, M- mostly vocals, that's really it. Needing Nothing. Glass Jaw influencing them. 
Yes, I was gonna say like yeah. I know like Glassjaw was around before any, of, not all of them, but I mean any. And of it those. would make sense because it was such a big record that they would probably have. This very much does feel like somebody making music would want to yes. listen to it and study it. And it was that's what I'm saying. Like all of a sudden discovering all these other bands that sound like that, and then listening to this one band where all this uh, influence comes from. I'm like, holy shit. And then the way you described it also, when you said it's kind of like a jazz record. Yeah. Um, what I, I'm sorry, I, you didn't say it, but I remember <laughs> reading it. You said it's kind of like a jazz record where you have to like really like sit down and, uh, I don't know. like we, it, it, The way I've always used jazz is uh, busy music. Uh, things that, it, it, it's kind of like uh, lo-fi, chill uh, music that I throw on and it, it gets my brain going yeah. so I can do other things and uh, the way it just washes over you uh, jazz is like a, a perfect kind of music that uh, it engages you even if you're not actively engaging it mm. but if you do pay attention to it like you start picking out small musical bits that you wouldn't if uh, you didn't really give it the time and care. Mm-hmm. And that's how this album like really attached to me once like I sat down. Yeah. And I don't know why it was the case because I've had like we mentioned at the drive in and refused before and those both like really easy ones to drive to. But this one was like definitely just a yeah, sit of, and pay attention to. Uh, I would say it's kind of funny that you couldn't do it when you were like just kind of like just sitting there doing nothing but yeah. then when you were, had, I don't know, when you were activating your mind. I get where that's coming from too. I listen on the way here to refresh some of the moments with uh, our buddy in the studio here, Cheddar. Cheddar. What's Cheddar, right. hey, what's up, Cheddar? Not much. Going. Cheddar's See. debut. Um, so, but yeah, like, uh, I didn't enjoy it as much because the structure is just there is no structure and then i forget where what is coming and it just it's it's an unnerving experience Mm. (laughs) like it it just it is weird um but yeah so that's why i keep bringing it up to fused and at the drive-in for refused there's way more structure because they had like especially with like a shape of punk to come there was like a vision there like that is way more cohesive but then it hits harder than at the drive-in, so I feel like it's this cool middle of where it hits harder, but also it's a little more chaotic than, uh, so that's where it fits in for me right? with those and, kind and of groups. I, and for some reason, now that you brought that up, another influence that I caught out of it was Every Time I Die. Like, mm-hmm. I caught that in there, too, and I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah, especially with uh, Keith, uh, I forgot his, Buckley's uh, chaotic vocals. Yeah. It's a lot like this guy's. Mm. Except this, like his is more like uh, uh, who the fuck's the lead singer of Glassjaw? You said his name was Palumbo. Palumbo. <laughs> his is a little bit more controlled, where like Keith's is chaos. Chaos. He's a good <laughs> follow too. That's yeah, a, he is. That's a good online follow. He's funny. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm gonna try to follow it. Uh, follow him. Um, he has good politics and he's funny. Okay. Um, all right. Moving on to two songs from each album that you think is good. Do you mind if I give this one a go? I'll start off with my avail songs. Scuffle Town, and I, okay, I originally said, is Said Gun a cover? Is that the last song? It's the last song. Yes. Yeah, fuck. That's why I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, I like these two covers before Said Gun. But anyways, Scuffle Town, and then I'm going to switch over to Lombardi Street then. Because, like, they have it on the album twice. And, like, that's how much of it, like, they have an acoustic and just the regular version of it. And I think those two songs right there really 
bring the song, uh, bring the album together. Scuffle Town has the you know the title of the album in the song, yep. and uh, just like that chorus. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. Oh my god, it's so cool, and I can't wait to see that live. Maybe. God damn it, Selector, fuck you. <laughs> um, hmm. Fest having so many people who we want to see. God damn you. How you dare you do a good <laughs> job? You gotta <laughs> choose between two of your favorite genres. Standouts from two of your favorite genres, too, it's right? It's stupid. This, this is extremely your shit, isn't it? Yeah, it was good. It was really good. But then we'll talk about that one-on-one, because I have some thoughts. But anyways, those are my two songs that I think uh, really hold the album together. Scuffletown and Lombardi Street. Kevin? Just so I'm not repeating you. Uh, because those <laughs> those would be my two picks as well. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure those are mine too. I'm, so. I'm also going to shout out uh, SRO Single Room Occupancy. Okay. Uh, the chorus, or not the chorus, the lead into the verses of. Uh, it doesn't matter if your head's at the foot of the bed. Uh, can relate as someone who's lived in small spaces mm-hmm. before. Uh, just really dig that song. But yeah. Uh, to reiterate, Scuffletown and Lombardi Street are just head and shoulders above those the are, rest of the those album. Those are the best two. <laughs> you did pick the best two. Well, I was going to pick Set Gun until I found out it was a cover, and I was like, fuck. Well, I'm going to say the other two covers then. Yeah. Uh, They're really good. <laughs> they are really good, too. Billy Joel and Elvis, not exactly people you'd expect punk bands to cover. And then That's why they, it's good. And That's why they, it's super good. And then they just crush the songs. Yeah, it's killed it. Tony? That's how you know it was a 90s punk band, too, because they covered Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> like, goddamn. Uh, Might as well be Mighty Buddy Boston. Extremely 40-year-olds. No, <laughs> Me first and the Gimme Gimme is what I meant to say. Never mind. Forget it. Yeah, 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 I got you. It's, too late. it's a bunch of garbage, anyways. <laughs> wow! I like me first wow. in the Gimme Gimmies. I do like them. And Mighty Mighty Boston's. They're also really good, too. Mighty Mighty Boston's was on a video called Elmo Palooza. And I gotta That's say, badass. Sierra, my first niece, watched the shit out of Elmo Palooza. Oh, no. So it had so me you. first, or not me first, give me gibbies, but at Money Mighty Boston's. It had a bunch of others that I can't name on the spot, but it did have a lot of current acts doing basically music videos with Sesame Street characters. It was amazing. That so, like yes. my favorite thing ever. So, yes. <laughs> so it was like Elmo and Grover. Hell yeah, Shout Grover, the and then a couple others had sunglasses on, and they were singing along to a Mighty Mighty Boston so, song. So, the impression that I'm getting right now is that, uh... Ah! Hey, ah! Is that you? Oh, yeah. I was like, come on, it's a song! It's a song! <laughs> oh, man, I repeat uh, a lot. Sorry for destroying your it, ears there. Yeah, sorry. It had, to, it had to get past my ska blocker. <laughs> I know. Like, it took a... <laughs> Anyways, the impression that I'm getting is that you're not a big fan of Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Except for Elmo Palooza. Except for <laughs> Anyways, your two songs were available, please. Um, well, you took the good ones, okay. so. I, but thankfully, they all tend to be good ones. Um, uh, I will go with that stereotypical answer of, oh man, the Deepwood, followed by new number two, actually. They are pretty good. It, it starts the energy, right? Mm-hmm. That's very true. Very true. It, it does. It, it it lets you know right away what this one's about. Okay. Like, flick it on and start yelling. <laughs> really sorry for peeking there. Anyways, uh, Glassjaw, you want to lead us off there, Tony? Uh, yes, thank you. Because um, I saw your picks written down, mm-hmm. which they I are good. I did that good. this morning. So they like. are very good. Um, I will give... 
Well, continuing the tradition of um, our government completely war criming the shit out of Cambodia and inspiring mm. bands to write about it, um, Radio Cambodia is a kick-ass track on here. Okay. Um, and it, can, it ties together with all the other shit they're talking about here and then just in general as Cambodia is one of those places that's been forgotten by history by the f- fact of the matter that we just basically committed genocide there and moved on. Mm. Um, Agent Orange and all that horrible shit. Like, so the fact that any track references it is important, I think, because, again, it's forgotten in history. Um, it's forgotten by even me enough times where I sit and think about mm. the things that we need to atone for. Um, that's one of them. So, uh, shout out to that track for doing that. Um, try not to step on any toes because there is there is definitely highlight tracks in this uh, thing, so I'm just trying to not... Uh, what's another really stalwart one I want to talk to? Well, I, I do love the two tabs of mescaline. Oh, that last song? Yeah, that's it, a good song. It, it brutal. It hits you over the head, gives you that final good message. Do you know what mescaline is? Mm-hmm. It's basically a psychedelic drug. Oh, okay. Related to LSD. Dig it. So. Nice. That is the two I will offer. Uh, my two are Trailer Park Jesus. Uh, Another good one. Another good one, yeah. By tr- title track alone, when I saw that on the list, I was like, ooh, I want to get the trailer <laughs> I know, park yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> What's Trailer Park Jesus about? Uh, and then uh, I'm going to cop out and use one of the singles, uh, Cosmopol- Cosmopolitan Blood Loss. Okay. Uh, there are two just tracks that, even when I was in the car, still stuck out to me as just straight up bang. On your first uh, struggle listen, on my, on my struggle, <laughs> on my struggle listens, those were two standout tracks. And yeah. I, uh, even sitting down and especially Trailer Park Jesus going through the genius lyrics uh, dissection of it, it's it's worth a read. I'll check that out. I do have to check it out because my whole thing is these songs I'm picking based off of the music itself. Because mm-hmm. I like, mm-hmm. I was still trying to get past that to get to the lyrics, and I never got a chance to do that because I was still like engulfed by what they were doing as far as being musicians. It's also us doing weekly. That is stuff that, oh, you know. Well, I feel there's that crunch yes. there that we will work on. It's yes. like some, we have to put more focus into doing this weekly. I think when we do it weekly with one album, it'll be easier. But right. The fact that we're trying to two like, albums because yeah. we want to do that and knock out enough. So yes, um, it is one of those things that I did sacrifice too. Fair this time around. I say, uh, but uh, the two songs that I picked, "Tip Your Bartender," I thought it was a great opening track. Uh, oh, very great message, face. right? You that, love that message. Okay, just bartender. because I was a bartender at some point does not mean, but I mean, yes, it does work. But anyways, <laughs> also an anti-drinking song. That's one of the parts that uh, Genius Lyrics pointed out to me is that uh, this was written in a time when Colombo was very much part of the straight edge community. So there's a lot of oh, okay. Uh, when when he's saying something, it's usually being done either tongue in cheek or explicitly like. Hey, the whole premarital sex thing. Not cool. <laughs> Drinking and drug use. Don't even do it. Oh, God, he's preaching. Preaching. <laughs> oh, Lord, he's preaching. Um, uh, the, the second one that I liked was the uh, Gillette uh, Cavaclad uh, of sports, um, which I did not know was a radio show back in the 40s, 40s to the 60s. <laughs> Uh, just found that out News literally to right now. Um, to me. 
But uh, I thought the way that song was set up and then going into like a little bit of a break where he's like being a sports announcer, I thought that was yeah. fantastic and I thought that really... Call on the horse race, I like that Yeah, part. that was a really cool part. And those are the two songs that I thought really... Uh, I think in that one he makes a Frank Zappa reference and if there's a really old band to go back and listen to, Frank, Frank Zappa, Zappa and the Mothers, mm -hmm. uh, I feel very the much as a, a, if he was around uh, during this time, like... Probably would be making similar music. Don't eat the yellow snowman. We could even we can even consider doing Zappa for October. Oh spooky yeah, for spooky months. Months. spooky month. Spooky month. real spooky for Zappa. Um, he's got some weird fucked up lyrics. Man. Oh shit. <laughs> um, that allows us because we didn't name it. Uh, the other single, Ape Dos Mule, is interesting because it oh, is the wow. most melodic. Okay, mm. isn't it? Yeah, like. I, I just the hook on the that's the one where the core or the vocals is probably the whole hook. That's like the only one where, like, I can play it in my head and it's all vocals. So that that's another track that was interesting to me, just because it stands out so much different than the rest. And then it's not surprising it was the single because it had the most singing involved. Mm -hmm. Also, like the Planet of the Apes reference that's mm -hmm. tucked there at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, it's time for time for the time. Time for the time. There can only be one. Which album do you believe is better than the other? Mm. Who wants to start? For me, it was pretty slam dunk for uh, Avails over the James. Uh, that one didn't e didn't even need <laughs> to struggle with it. Like it's up there with. Uh, some of the other, like I already mentioned, off with their heads, uh, street dogs, yeah. uh, oh, any yeah. any kind of like heavier, like you were saying before, like it could just be called straight up punk and it would be, fun. yeah, mm. uh, and that's like exactly where it is for me. For uh, didn't didn't know of them before sitting down for uh, the first listen throughs when the uh, Riot Fest first announced all these albums. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, it's probably been played, couldn't tell you how many times by me. It's been good. It's been good. Tony, what you got? What's your number one? Oh, it's Worship and Tribute. Because my thing with the Avail one, it's great, but I could just go to Avail's page on Spotify and hit Shuffle All, and I'm not losing anything. Right. Mm. That That's is, fair. That is That's my fair. big criticism there is it's not that any of it is bad. It is also extremely my shit. I grew up listening to that kind of shit, too. Mm. But I can hit shuffle, and I wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> I, okay, so. Dun-dun. I know. This is stupid. Why'd you guys do this to me? Uh, you did it to yourself. I didn't know. No, I thought maybe that he was going to pick a veil, too. <laughs> you, and I'd be like, you, oh, you, let, you let me go. So the thing is. Avail is totally my shit. It's right up my alley and everything. But this Glassjaw album, I like had to think about it for a while, and I'm still trying to get through it. Like I'm probably gonna listen to this until we go to Riot Fest, because I'm still trying to like get to get the messages that I didn't even know were there yet. Because I'm still trying to get past the music part. So, I think a better album right now is Glassjaw. I think Glassjaw had the better album there, and and Tony kind of also. Switch my mind over when he said that you could throw it on shuffle and then you wouldn't know. That's and I'm not saying, that's not taking away anything from mm -hmm. Avail. Because they did a fantastic job with this album and they do a fantastic job with their music in general. Um, plus the reunion, that's pretty cool. Uh, mm -hmm. um, but uh, 
Because I, I, when he said that, I was like, oh yeah, when the, when the album was over, I didn't know it was over because they just kept playing more Avail songs. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know Simple Song was on this album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, oh wait, that's not. It's a different album. But uh, yeah, I have to give it to Glassjaw on this one because of like how how it does it for me and mm-hmm. I'm still I haven't gotten it into it but also like it sounds like the consensus on like non-worship and tribute for Glassjaw is it's not as focused it's one of those things really? where this one just hit at the right time for them in their lives and the right time for everybody that it is their like quintessential one yeah because like the one before that and like I said it was weird because they were already a major label band like I was surprised about that but like their one before that has more mixed reviews because it's like there's really good tracks and then there's like it just doesn't it's not a cohesive unit and mm-hmm. then they can't drop this which was like cohesive well then also like the 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 differences between their l- latest album and this album was 15 years yeah that's so like, oh, okay yeah so i i guess i was just more referencing the one before uh the one before this then i guess oh uh, it was everything you ever wanted yeah, yeah. so okay. th- their debut was like the consensus on that was like cool and interesting but not cohesive because okay. they only had three albums in the way like, apparently because well. yeah. the way he the way they were even describing that one is really like all those songs they've been playing for years and they all write at separate t- separate times and okay. then eventually you know they get the deal and then they make the record right. which is just the tracks they already had that weren't recorded yet right and so that's why you know and so even the band admits themselves is like it wasn't cohesive like you know Okay. Some of those tracks were written one year, and some of those were written another, and this was just all that with this in mind. Right. So that's why it's cohesive and interesting and deep. Deep. Man, I was going to make a food metaphor, and now I'm just hungry as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our signal. I think it's time for us to get out of here. That was a good episode right there. My God. Yeah. Doing, yeah, those two, doing those two albums, uh, getting some more Riot Fest series out there. Uh, these two albums, in general, just a lot of fun. So you guys are catching a veil? I will be catching a veil. I am debating between that and Selector. Maybe there's going to be like a time where it's like Selector has like starts 15 minutes before a veil does and then a veil has a longer set. I have to look it at it. It is exactly at the same is time. Is it really? Yes. Fucking they Christ. They start and end at the same so time. So we'll hear either two separate reviews or just one avail review. Post show. That's stupid. I'll probably go to a veil, honestly. Post show. <laughs> Alrighty. Anyways, we're out of here. It's not exactly radio hitting you again with another episode. Don't forget, follow us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. Got our cool things going on there. Um, look for us at Riot Fest. Kevin and I, at least, will be there. Uh, uh, and then I'm going to try to interview people. I guess Kyle Kinane might be walking around Riot Fest. If I run into him, I might be like, hey, dude, can I give you like a one-minute interview? And also, uh, Andrew WK, I think I mentioned this before, he always signs stuff somewhere. Um, so maybe I'll also see if I can get in line and get an interview with him quick. I'll take our business cards down there. I'll take our stickers down there. We're going to try to get something everywhere. But catch us at Riot Fest. It's going to be a good, fun time. Anyways, I'm Benny K. That is... Tony Just Tony. Tony Just Tony. Kevin, thanks again for coming on the show. You bet. Thank you very much. We're out of here. Bye-bye. Bye, Cheddar. Bye. Bye, Cheddar. <laughs> Bye, Cheddar. <laughs> 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 <laughs>